Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, they came together, and she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this was done so it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, girls. I want to say a few words about uh, the passage that I just read from Matthew uh, chapter 1, particularly focusing on the name Emmanuel. Well, a few years back, uh, there was a mission to the moon called Apollo 11. Some of you may remember that. And it was the first uh, space flight to land human beings on the surface of the moon. Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. There were others with him. Uh, But a man named Barry Cooper helped to make a short documentary in recent times uh, about this uh, Apollo 11 event. And uh, when they interviewed uh, aerospace engineers, uh, pilots, and others, it became very apparent that there was a very uh, logical, logistical improbability about the whole thing. That basically, uh, there's, it's a, a miracle that it actually happened and was successful. And you can almost understand why some conspiracy theorists think that this never actually happened. <laughs> uh, but Cooper writes the following. He says, think of it, you're trying to hit a bullseye on a moving target from a moving target and you're doing it in a rocket that's reaching a speed of 25,000 miles an hour uh, while it's breaking apart deliberately into three pieces, and uh, and then you walk around in an environment that you have no idea what's really going to be like, and, uh, and you plant a flag, you turn around, and you're home in time to get medals and have tea, and so on. And by the way, you're, you're planning and executing this with a computer that's much less powerful than a single iPhone, not the fancy ones you have today, but the clunker from 2007 wasn't even as powerful as that. So it's mind-bendingly complex, not to mention extraordinarily dangerous mission, but it succeeded. They did it. Another uh, Apollo astronaut uh, on that mission was James Irwin, and he was a Christian, and he remarked about his experience as they, as, they, uh, as they took off from Earth towards the moon. He said, I felt the power of God as I had never felt it before. The Earth reminded us of a Christmas tree ornament hanging in the blackness of space. As we got farther and farther away, it diminished in size. Finally, it shrank to the size of a marble. The most beautiful marble you can imagine. Upon returning uh, to Earth from the mission, Irwin later said, the most significant achievement of our age is not that men stood on the moon, but rather that God in Christ stood upon the Earth. Joseph and Mary, of course, could never have conceived of, in their wildest dreams, of someone flying to the moon and walking around on the moon, but it it was just as unlikely that they would have conceived that that Mary would bear a child and that child would be the very Son of God. Well, it was so uh, incredible that when Joseph found out that she was with child, of course, uh, he thought he should divorce her. And wisely, he didn't act in haste. He thought about his decision carefully. And then the Holy Spirit intervened and told him what was going on. The child she was carrying was conceived by the Spirit of God. 
And in verse 22 of of Matthew, we're reminded uh, that this virgin birth was predicted long ago, 600 years before the time of Christ. And Matthew was writing to a Jewish audience, which means he was um, trying to convince them by quoting the Old Testament, by proving from their scriptures uh, that Jesus was the Christ, that he had fulfilled these scriptures. And he quoted from Isaiah 7, 14, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. If Mary had conceived a child in the normal manner, the, the, by union with a man, the child would have been born a, a mere man and a sinner. But this child was Emmanuel, God with us, the immortal God clothed himself in mortal flesh, became fully human while remaining fully God. So it's a great truth. God with us. We could ponder it uh, deeply, but we don't want it to be just a mere concept that we tuck away in our theological dictionaries. Uh, There's some practical uh, import And I want to give you a few things to think about. First of all, you know, in what ways did Christ act as God for us? First of all, he was God with us in order to save us from the penalty of sin. Verse 21, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. First John 3, 5, but you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. Uh, There's nothing new, but unbelieving scholars today say that Christ came and died merely to set an example for us. Uh, In fact, many find uh, sacrifice, the idea of sacrifice is is repugnant. But the Bible says otherwise. The Bible says that his death was the greatest demonstration of the love of God that Anyone has ever seen. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, That means that he was our substitute. He died in our place. He he took the punishment that we deserved so that we uh, could go free. He set us free. He took away our sins. And so Christmas is about a baby lying in a manger who was to grow up and to be the one who bore our sins. But of course... If you and I are to be saved, uh, we have to respond to that. We have to receive the one who was born to die and the one, of course, who rose again. We have to receive him personally. And so God with us needs to to be personal for you. Uh, It needs to be God with me in Christ. By receiving Christ, God can be with you. Secondly, God came to be with us. In Christ, in order to sympathize with our weaknesses and our sorrows. Uh, every uh, Christmas, uh, it seems that the holiday season accentuates sorrow in a way. And yet, Christ came to sympathize uh, with our sorrows, with our weaknesses. Hebrews 4.15 says, We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Uh, But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. We think, well, God couldn't relate to us. We're human beings. But he became one of us, and he's been through every temptation that you've ever faced. 
And we can thank God that he never sinned. So are you tempted? Hebrews 2.18 says, For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. His help is available to all who call on him. Are you facing a great trial, a great difficulty uh, at this time? Jesus is God with us in our trials. He has walked the path that you're walking. He knows the path that you're walking. And in fact, he has uh, prepared uh, this path for you. And he will be with you if you will turn to him. He was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief. He understands it. Uh, He says, fear not, for I am with you. Uh, Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So he's with us in our sorrow, in our sadness, in our trials. Third, he came to be with us in order to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3, 8 says, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. And you've never seen the devil, and I haven't either. Um, what is he doing? What does is, what is the devil try to do? Well, he does try to tempt us. We talked about that. Uh, but the Bible says the devil is known as the father of lies. So one of the things that the devil does is that he tries to destroy the truth. He tries to destroy the credibility of that which is true. Let me just tell you some of the lies that Satan tells us, and there are many. There are many, many more. Uh, The first one he would say is, there's no God. There is no God. That's the devil. Second lie he would tell you, there's no devil. There's no devil either. That's a lie. Uh, here's one. There is no life after death. You die, that's it. What a lie. You are a good person. You don't need to be saved. Another good lie, bad lie. You're too bad to be forgiven. God would never forgive you. You're too much too awful. God doesn't love you. That's the devil speaking. Um, the Bible isn't true. Well, that's... The first lie he told, said to Adam, to Eve, you know, did God really say? Was God really speaking to you? You misheard. Or here's the last one. There, there are many paths to God. Choose your own. Except that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is the truth. Uh, and he taught the truth, and he, as he prayed in the high priestly prayer in John 17, he said, Thy word, Father, is truth. Jesus is our Emmanuel, God with us to destroy the works of the devil who has blinded us by his lies and to give us the truth. Last of all, God came to be with us in order to dwell within us. When Christ was walking the earth, he certainly was God with us. But he ascended into heaven. But he said, I'm sending to you another helper, the Holy Spirit. He didn't leave us alone. And so now, through faith in Jesus Christ, God is not only with us, he's within us. He dwells in us by the Spirit of God in those who believe in his Son. And he does that. He 
he dwells in us in order to change us. Uh, there's what we call the new birth. And then he transforms us and he brings about the lordship of Jesus Christ. How does Christ rule over our lives, over our hearts? Well, he does that through the spirit who lives within us. John MacArthur wrote the following. He said, the world is happy to let Jesus be a baby in a manger, but not willing to let him be sovereign king and Lord that he is. Uh, you know, people are are happy that God came near uh, a couple thousand years ago on that first Christmas, but they're not so eager for him to get too close now. So I would ask you today, do you want God to be close to you? Do you want him to draw near to you? The Bible says draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. He is ready to be your Emmanuel. He is Emmanuel. He's looking for a place to dwell. He wants to enter your life and to sit on the throne of your heart. When Christ came the first time, as we read, there was no room at the end. There was no room. He had to be laid in a manger. So is there room for him in your busy life? Is there room for him in your life at all? Is there room for him in your heart? Will you not only make room for him, will you give him the ownership, the rightful ownership, of your heart. You know, a lot of people are willing to uh, maybe let Jesus rent a room in their heart. Right? But he's asking for the deed to the house. He wants to take over. He wants to rearrange the furniture. He wants to rearrange your life, your priorities. He wants to take over your life. Well, this Christmas message is summed up in that one word, Emmanuel. God with us. You know, when Solomon uh, built the temple, when he finished building the temple, he prayed and he says, but will God indeed dwell with men on earth? Behold, heaven in the heaven of heavens cannot contain you. How much less this temple which I built. Solomon knew that temple was really not, uh, not adequate to bear Emmanuel, to be Emmanuel. But there was one who took on flesh, who was the true temple of God. John 1.14 says that the Word, who was God and was with God, became flesh and dwelt among us. Then we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In Jesus Christ, God came to earth. He came to be with us because we were without Him. He is our Emmanuel. And He Dwells, Isaiah says, he dwells in a high and holy place. Would he dwell with you and me? He says, yes, I dwell with him who is of a humble and a contrite heart. That means sorrowful over their sins. So he dwells with sinners who will admit their sin, who humble themselves and receive him. Who let him in. Who give him the throne of their hearts because that's where he ought to be. You know, when a man walked on the moon, wow, that was something. When God came to earth in the person of Jesus Christ, that was something else. And when Christ comes in to dwell in your own heart, that will be a new creation. Do you know Christ? Is he your Emmanuel? Uh, the 
the hymn that we're not singing it tonight, but uh, the Christmas carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem, the last stanza says, O Holy Child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the gospel. All four gospels tell us, Lord, in in so many words, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Lord, you alone know our hearts. You know that we're all sinful. We all deserve um, to be judged. We all deserve for our sins to be punished, but help us to to look to Jesus, who was punished in our place, Emmanuel, God with us, to die for us. So, Lord, if there is one person here tonight who needs to turn to Jesus and receive him, may, Lord, their heart be open to make room for him to come in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you would... uh, Find your bulletin again, and we will close out our service tonight with Hark the Herald, Angels Sing. <laughs>